Alright, what's up everyone? Uh, welcome to episode 13 of Football Friday. Chris will be along shortly, uh, but I figured I would get started since we are five minutes overdue. Um, had a couple college games this week between our shows. Um, some NFL games as well, more than usual. Uh, actually, not more than usual because, you know, Thursday night canceled or postponed to Tuesday this week, so we still only had two games uh, in between our shows this week. But anyways, so last night I was driving home uh, from Pennsylvania to Athens, so I did not actually watch these games, but I did listen to them. Um, Louisiana Tech got the win 42-31 over North Texas. Um Jason Bean, you know, UNT, they had a 14-7 to lead um, after the first quarter. And they, you know, they just couldn't get a stop after that uh, on their defense. Um, the Bulldogs' offense for Louisiana Tech really uh, opened up there in the second quarter, outscoring them uh 21 to 3 and they went actually on a 28 to 3 run uh before North Texas scored in the third quarter with uh 4:23 to go. But the two system quarterback that uh Louisiana Tech runs worked very well. Luke Anthony uh had two of the touchdowns. Uh, both quarterbacks marched the teams down um to multiple scoring drives. Luke Anthony uh, as well as Aaron Allen there. Uh, for La Tech. Um, but really the story of the game was Israel Tucker for Louisiana Tech. 37 carries, workhorse uh, workload there, 161, 4.4 average, two touchdowns on the ground, um, as well as had one reception there. But another guy that you know showed out and kept it close was really the reason that it was close was Jalen Darden. Uh, for the Mean Green. Eight receptions, 135, three touchdowns. Uh, he leads the uh, NCAA in touchdown reception, leads the FBS in touchdown receptions with 15 on the season uh, through eight games. And uh, also is on pace to uh, break almost every single North Texas receiving record there and what's up chris how's it going what's up sorry i'm a little late but i'm here now <laughs> yeah <laughs> nothing much just uh almost done talking about this game uh from last night here we had two thursday night college games no nfl games so um like i said i was driving back to athens after my setback that i had with my tire so I listened to the games. I didn't watch them, but I did listen to them. And um, both were pretty good. This one, a um, lot closer than the second one, which we'll talk about. But, yeah, Israel Tucker, a beast. Jalen Darden, another beast um, on opposite sides. And this was the first game Louisiana Tech played since Halloween, uh, which is crazy. They haven't played in that long. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, they got... Um, Two games postponed and two games canceled. 
in November. Okay, so they were scheduled, they just couldn't play. Yeah, yeah. This was this was the first postponed game that got rescheduled. Um, they also picked up a non-conference game against TCU, which will be a good test for them um, mm-hmm. next Saturday. But anyways, yeah. Uh, Louisiana Tech covered minus one over 66 hit. Let's go to the other game last night. Air Force crushing Utah State 35-7. to And really, <laughs> it was crazy that Air Force out threw Utah State by, I think it was four yards. <laughs> uh... Yeah, Utah State had no idea that Air Force was going to come out throwing the ball. Um, yeah, out threw him by four yards. Hazik Daniels, uh, two total touchdowns there. Really good night for him. The senior, Caden Remsburg, 100-yard game performance. Brad Roberts, the guy that uh, lit up New Mexico a couple weeks ago. Uh, also, almost a hundred yards there. But yeah, this one was seven nothing after the first drive by Utah State, and then Air Force took it over <laughs> the rest of the way. That's crazy though. I'm just looking at the uh, QB for Utah, and he completed ten more passes than than Daniels did, and he still. And I mean, yeah, Daniels, like you said, had four more yards in him. Yeah, uh, and a lot of the. That I mean, he got less, little less than half of it on the uh, 49-yard touchdown throw um, to Ben Peterson. There, mm-hmm. that's where most of his yards came. So, but yeah, I was happy. I had Louisiana Tech and Air Force in a parlay. Still have the game tonight. So let's pray. Who you got tonight? Uh, well, you have to wait and see, Chris. In, in a little bit, you'll, you'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. Air Force covered minus thirteen under fifty-one. All right, Monday Night Football. Seahawks got the win, twenty-three seventeen against the Eagles. Uh, Takes sole possession of first place in the NFC West by a game over the Rams. Um, I don't even know. You know, did Carson Wentz... Well, the thing is, I am not... I'm not putting it on Carson Wentz. I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's been Steering. bad play calling, horrible decision making, and horrible game management by Doug Peterson. And a terrible offensive line, too. Yeah. <laughs> but we so you're not, on the, uh, you're not on the Jalen Hurts train? But we already knew that. No. Because no. I've heard is, a lot of people start saying that Jalen Hurts needs to come in, but I don't the, agree with that. The thing is, if Jalen Hurts came in, he would get lit up more than Carson Wentz does. Because mm-hmm. I don't believe that Jalen Hurts is... I don't think his mental game is there yet because mm-hmm. of the system that he came from in at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little bit more complicated when he was at Alabama, but it's still not the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. But, I mean, I didn't get a chance to watch this game, um, but 
I mean, based on the score and everything, I don't know. Did the Seahawks not look good? Because uh, it was a very close game for the two teams that played there. They looked fine. Really, the Eagles defense uh, had some monstrous stands. Uh, They stopped them on fourth down the first two drives, I believe. Uh, Which the first one was really significant because uh, that one, they stopped them on fourth down inside the five-yard line. Uh, And then the second one, I believe, was near midfield. Yeah. Yeah, at the Eagles 40 or at the Eagles 37. But what what I really got mad at was two things by Doug Peterson. He had a horrible challenge. Um I'm trying to remember what the actual challenge was for. Uh I can't remember, but I just know it was a really is bad challenge. He was going to lose it the whole way. And then uh, the second thing that I got real mad at him was is they were down 11 points at one point. And they had, I think it was um, fourth and what do they have there? Yeah, fourth and 31 at, oh no, that was the second one, never mind, never mind, no, they had fourth and four at the Seahawks 15 yard line, you were down 11 points with eight minutes and 40 seconds to go, only one timeout, I believe at that point, and you don't kick the field goal to get it within a score. It just makes it makes no sense. Uh, so yeah, that's I got really mad about Doug Peterson there, and the way that things are going, it seems like Jeffrey Lurie is open to a coaching change um, in the off season, but I don't know. Oh, okay. So I was just looking it up, and the uh, the Peterson challenge was. Um, when DK Metcalf caught a ball and he uh, and was down by contact before fumbling it. Oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't even close. Like <laughs> he was clearly down, uh, and they just wasted a timeout because Doug Peterson was desperate to get the ball. <laughs> but, no, but DK Metcalf, I think, was the MVP of the game, though. Yeah. With I mean, 10 catches for 177 yards, that's his uh, career high. Yeah. And that was after um, after uh, Jim Schwartz's comments about how he's nothing like Megatron and all that other stuff. That kind of fueled the fire. Yeah, I mean, DK just destroyed Darius Slay all night. Um, which is stupid because that's what Darius Slay was brought to the Eagles to do, to cover number one receivers, and he hasn't been doing it, so... I don't know. I mean, other than DK, though, the Eagles did a really good job on defense, I think. Uh, this is the third straight time they've played the Seahawks within a possession. The first two, the last two games before this one, they 
finished 17 and 9 last year in the regular season and the playoff game both 17 and 9 so I don't know I you know Eagles are still there they're still a half game back of the lead in the NFC so yeah. uh yeah they're they're just lucky that they're in a division that they're in right now yeah I mean we'll have to see what happens and who wins it but I mean, they have probably the hardest schedule of the four teams left, though, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the Chris Carson touchdown was also a very bad play, though. That was probably the worst play of the Eagles' defense all night, though, I'd say, um, when it was second and goal from the 16-yard line, and um, they handed the ball off, and Chris Carson just blew through, like, four people and scored. So, yeah. Um, but one thing I was mad about... And also, I know a lot of people were pissed about is that the Eagles did cover plus six and a half with a Hail Mary, Carson Wentz, Richard Rodgers touchdown, which is a very good catch, by the way. And I did win money off of the Richard Rodgers touchdown. However, um, if the Eagles just wouldn't have made the two-point conversion... Seahawks still would have covered, and I would have made more money. <clears throat> but anyways, um, under 50 in that one. Let's go to Wednesday afternoon football. Steelers stayed undefeated 11-0, beating the Ravens 19-14, eliminating them from the division race. Um, the Steelers look so bad dude like oh my god dude this game pissed me off too you know first off there was like seven drops by the receivers uh one that was a clear touchdown uh if deontay johnson catches it on the slant route uh, there's no one within three or four yards he would have got in easily chase claypool had a couple juju had one i think the only guy that didn't drop one (laughs) <laughs> was Mr. Washington who caught the game sealer uh, pretty much across the middle of the field with three Ravens around him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was kind of on and off watching this game because Wednesday was my birthday, so I was kind of preoccupied with things. But, yeah, this game, I kept checking in, and the Ravens had plenty of opportunities to take the lead or win this game. And, I mean... Not saying that Robert Griffin getting hurt was the difference, but because I actually think that uh, what's his name, Trace McSorley, right? Mm. I think he actually played pretty well in when he was in. So, um, yeah, I just the Steelers. I I would be surprised if they went undefeated, and with the way they're playing now, I don't see them making it to the Super Bowl. I see one of those other, like, playoff teams when they get to the playoffs. If they're playing the way that they played on Wednesday, they're not making it. Yeah. I mean, they they need to run the dang ball. I've been saying it for the past couple of weeks, and they just they haven't ran it. I mean, they did give Benny Snell 16 carries, um, which he got 60 yards out of. But, I mean, I don't know. Throwing it 51 times with a, uh, what was he, 37? I think he's 37. Something like that. 37-year-old quarterback? Mm-hmm. 
you're not going to be able to win throwing 50 times a game like that. No. Uh, um, no, but, but going back to what you were saying about the run game, didn't they just – what's the guy that they drafted that you really like? Anthony McFarlane. Yeah. Why don't they use him a little bit more? Because the thing is they have too many running backs. That's why. And Mike Tomlin is committed to James Conner as the lead back. Um, obviously he wasn't able to play in this one, but um, I don't know if McFarlane is – since he's just a rookie, he doesn't have complete grasp on the offense yet or um, just they don't think he's ready for that kind of carry workload. But, yeah, I mean they drafted, they drafted Benny Snell last year. McFarland this year, so they have way too many running backs now. Those three, and they still have Jalen Samuels. Um, but, yeah. I mean, the the defense held up uh, another one that made a lot of people mad, and myself, because I was on the losing end of it. Um, the Ravens covered, plus 10.5, off of a freaking, you know, blown coverage, pretty much. Uh, I mean, technically, it wasn't a blown coverage. It was just a missed tackle. Uh, the 70-yarder from Trace McSorley to Marquise Brown. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. A lot of people got mad about that one, too. So did I. Uh, I know the Ravens were mad about the non-call before halftime at the one-yard line of delay a game on the defense when Vince Williams was on top of um, I think it was Gus Edwards. But, you know, it's whatever. Uh, yeah. Defense, defense, defense for Pittsburgh. Joe Hayden with the pick six. First score of the game there. Uh, Steelers should have won by a lot more, though. Uh, let's see. Under 42. That one. Two NFL news. Uh, let's see. Start... We're going to actually start in the AFC North. Uh, the Browns activated Miles Garrett off the COVID list um, and placed safety Ronnie Harrison on IR. So, <laughs> great game for Miles Garrett to come back <laughs> facing Derrick Henry this week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we'll see how that affects the Browns' defense. Uh, the Ravens just talked about them. They activated uh, defense tackle Brandon Williams and J.K. Dobbins off the COVID list, as well as their top two centers, Patrick McCarry and Matt Skira. Uh, so a lot of guys coming off the COVID list by their now Tuesday um, Tuesday night game for the Ravens against the Cowboys. <laughs> it sucks for the Cowboys, but, you know. <laughs> Uh, they also placed RG3 on IR. Uh, I didn't even hear exactly what it was. A quad or hamstring? Probably hamstring, I, I believe. Because it looked like yeah. it pulled up. Uh-huh. And sticking with the AFC North, uh, the Bengals, uh, Joe Burrow, he underwent successful ACL surgery yesterday. Um, so expect him back for 2021. The Steelers, just before Wednesday's game, placed center Marquise Pouncey on the COVID list. Uh, A.J. Hasenauer was the starting center in that one. And the worst thing possible 
from a crappy game to come for the Steelers was uh, that linebacker Bud Dupree tore his ACL. He's done for the year. So it'll be Alex Highsmith on the opposite end of TJ Watt. Now, they're, I think he third round. I believe he was third round pick this year. I could be wrong on the actual round. Maybe not. Maybe fourth. Something like that. Mid-round guy out of Charlotte. I don't know, but that was a big blow to the Steelers, I think. Um, I mean, obviously, T.J. Watt is the best player on that defense, but like you said, he's paired with T.J. Watt. So not having Bud Dupree on the other side, I think it's going to hurt them down the stretch a little bit. But let's see how this rookie can do now. Yeah, having a career year on the franchise tag, eight sacks through 11 games. Um, look for Dupree to come back next year, whether it's with the Steelers again or someone else. I'd be surprised if it wasn't in Pittsburgh. The only thing is they're going to have to franchise him again when they have guys coming up contracts with T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Devin Bush eventually. A lot I mean, of guys coming up on that defense they got to pay. I don't, I don't see the problem with being franchise tagged. Though. I mean, I get that it's only for a year, but it is, like, top money for a year. So, mm-hmm. Well, it's the same thing that I argue um, that the Cowboys are, are going to or should do with Dak Prescott. So, mm-hmm. um, Heading to the AFC East, the Bills, they designated linebacker Matt Milano to return. I am hearing that he's going to play this week. Um, good thing for the Bills getting back. One of their guys in the middle there on the defense. The Dolphins just today placed Matt Breida on the COVID list, so he is going to be out Sunday. Um, I'm not sure the status of their other running back, Salvin Ahmed, and Miles Gaskin. Um, your Jets, Chris, placed guard Alex Lewis on the NFI list today. Uh, I don't even know what the actual... They just said it's a non-football injury. I don't even know yeah. what the actual thing is going with that, but... I mean, I don't know if it's even an injury, because, like, he's been, like, kept... He was, like, kept out of the game last week, too, I think. Um, I thought I thought I read somewhere that he was benched, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I saw the uh, press conference. I didn't actually listen to it, but I just saw the, uh, like, quotes that came with it. From Adam Gase. Adam Gase has some some really good press conferences lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and apparently he said it was an organizational decision to not play Alex Lewis against the Dolphins. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, I mean, they finally get to use um, the guy that they just claimed off waivers a couple of years or a couple of weeks ago, Pat Eiflin. Or Elflin or whatever. Elflin, however yeah. you say his name. Elflin from the Vikes. Yeah. Not a bad um, not a bad player. No, so I mean, if he actually plays well down the stretch, maybe they'll actually sign him to a long-term deal. Yeah. Um heading to the AFC South, the Colts are getting back to Forrest Buckner this week, activated off the COVID list. Uh so he'll play the Texans, uh they already had Will Fuller suspended for 6 games. And uh, Bradley Roby, their star corner, is also suspended for six games for uh, substance abuse policy, performance-enhancing substances. Uh, so he is done for the year. Going to the 
NFC North, uh, the Lions, they placed corner Desmond Trufant and defensive tackle Danny Shelton on IR, both likely to be out for the season with their injuries. The Lions are getting good injury news, though. DeAndre Swift cleared concussion protocol, and I believe he should play this week. Kenny Galladay not going to play again this week. The Vikings, uh, they're going to get Adam Thielen back this week. He got activated off the COVID list. He's good to go. Um, Going to the NFC West for a second. Um, Seahawks getting another weapon for the playoff run. Josh Gordon back in the league reinstated. Um, He is eligible to start playing in games week 16. He's eligible for the playoffs, though. Yeah. Okay. Week sixteen that's, and on. That's. I wasn't sure about that part. Um, because I know that they have, like, there's rules in place. So, isn't there like if they acquire somebody like after a certain point, then they can't play in the playoffs or something? Uh, not that I know of. Oh no, no, that's baseball. I think that if they acquire a player, like. Right yeah. before the playoffs, and they can't play in the playoffs or something like that, which is kind of stupid. But yeah, yeah. Um, let's go to the NFC East. The Giants, uh, with the injury to Daniel Jones, he is officially listed as doubtful. Look for Colt McCoy to get the start this week. Um, but they did work out quarterback Joe Webb just to try to see if they want to sign him to get some more quarterback depth. I believe they still have Alex Tanney as the backup. I don't know. But when was the last time Joe Webb played? Like, I feel like I heard about him like 10 years ago and then never again. Uh, I believe he's usually in the on preseason rosters. Mm. Uh, last I knew, I think he was with the Vikings. Yeah. Um, all I know is I hate fantasy football because you know my dilemma last week when I, uh, my two quarterbacks were Matt Stafford and Lamar Jackson. And I couldn't play Stafford because he had played Thursday. And I had Lamar Jackson, who had the COVID. So then I picked up Daniel Jones, and he gets hurt. So now I just had to drop him, and I picked up Philip Rivers. So let's see if Philip Rivers now gets hurt or gets COVID or something. Well, uh, you can play Lamar this week. Uh, he's eligible to be activated on Sunday for the Tuesday but game. Would he play, though, if, if he just got activated on Sunday? Uh, I believe. I believe so. Oh, wait, no, they don't play on Sunday, that's why. Okay. They believe, yeah, they play on Tuesday. Well, let's see. Don't play him against me, Chris. I need the win to get in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, we're playing against each other. Right now I have uh, Philip Rivers in, but we'll see if I change that. Help me out. Get me into the playoffs. It's pretty much winning in with like four, seven, and five teams right now. Hey, I, I'm still, I'm still trying to fight for my playoff spot too. I'm in the eighth spot right now in that league. Ha- yeah, there's only six that get in. <laughs> oh wait, there's. Oh, I thought it was eight. <laughs> no, and there's only one guy that's six and six, and there's like three or four of us that are seven and five. <laughs> so he's re- the six and six guy is really the only shot that, the only outside guy that has a chance right now. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this is the last week of the season, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, never mind then. Help me out, Chris. Help me out. <laughs> um, sticking with the NFC East, a lot of Eagles news once again. Um, 
they activated tight end Zach Ertz off IR. He will play this week. Um, they need all the help they can get on offense against the Packers. So, uh, one thing they won't have is JJ Ortega Whiteside. Or no, they they activated him off the COVID list, so they will have him. Um, but they won't have right tackle Lane Johnson. Like I said last week, ankle surgery. He's out for the year. They officially placed him on IR this week. And then they released Safety Will Parks, um, one of their minute uh, free agency signings this year. Uh, He was claimed by the Broncos, so he goes back to Denver where he was a free agent from this offseason. We'll see what happens with that. But going to the Broncos, um, (laughs) they're getting all their quarterbacks back this week. They activated Drew Locke, Brett Rippon, and Blake Bortles off of the COVID list, so Drew Locke will start um, for the Broncos this week. Are they all in the active roster? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still waiting for the Blake Bortles show to happen in Denver. Um, the Raiders, they hosted a familiar face uh, from the Chiefs. Spencer Ware was in for a visit for the Raiders with uh, Josh Jacobs officially being out this week, as well as um, Jonathan Abram, their safety there, so the Raiders will be without those two. Um, Yeah. That is all the NFL news we have for today. So, let's look at the college football playoff bracket. Don't really have to spend a lot of time on it because it hasn't changed. Um, Same six, same top seven, actually, um, from week one to week two of the college football playoff rankings. Cincinnati State at seven as well. But, yeah. I think, I still think right now, uh, Bama and Notre Dame are locked. They're locked in no matter what, I think. Um, even if Clemson beats them in the ACC championship game, I still think Notre Dame is in. But then I think Clemson would be locked in as well um, if that happens. One team that I do not think will make the college football playoff is Ohio State. Because of what I've been hearing about Michigan, which is their last game of the season next week, last regular season game. Uh What I've heard (laughs) is that Michigan could possibly opt out of the game, not play, so Ohio State doesn't have enough games to get qualify for the Big Ten championship game. <laughs> of course not. Which would just throw everything into chaos. I mean, not saying Ohio State's not a good team, but I've been kind of thinking that the whole season, that they've played half as many games as the rest of the teams in this playoff. So I don't really think that they deserve to be number four, even though they are probably one of the top four teams. But because they haven't played the whole season, I think like A&M or Florida should be ahead of them. I think Florida is eventually going to get in. I don't know if they beat Alabama or not. Uh, I mean, that's going to be... I hope so, but probably not. I do too. That's the thing, though. If Florida beats Bama... I feel like it's going to have to, and it's going to, and if Clemson beats Notre Dame, I feel like that's your four. I know a lot of people aren't going to like that, two SEC and two ACC schools, but you're not going to get one from the Pac-12. Uh, so that's not, that's out. 
Uh, I mean, and then, like we said, if Ohio State doesn't make the Big Ten championship game, there's no way you can put Ohio State in uh, without playing in that game or winning it. Uh, And also, you know, then your only case is still for Cincinnati. Uh, How do they look in the American Conference championship game? So, you know, I don't know. And, I mean, then you still have BYU out there. But they're all the way down. They're at 13, though. The committee does not believe in BYU being a quality team. I mean, spoiler, I kind of am picking against them this week. But, yeah. (laughs) I know. Um, But, yeah, Notre Dame is another team I'm kind of, like, like shaky about because of the fact that they played a schedule that they normally don't. And they've played entirely – I mean – that could also be an advantage to why they were put it to because they're not used to the teams that they played against and stuff. But um, no, I just I don't know. I think that it would have been a different season had they played in their normal conference. An independent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. College pick standings here. Alex and, and Mark still at the top there. Uh, I lost a game on them, so I'm four back. Chris, you lost two games on them. I distanced myself even more. Yeah, uh, you're eight. Go. You're eight back now <laughs> of the lead. <laughs> um, but yeah, I Alex probably lose Mark. more games this week because I did a couple upsets in my picks. So <laughs> yeah, Mark rolled with me on all the picks, NFL and college. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, before we get into our <laughs> college picks. Just to let everyone know, some games that got canceled, postponed this week. Um, Two games that were supposed to be today, Southern Miss at UTEP and Boise State at UNLV, both canceled. Um, Tomorrow, number 14, Northwestern at Minnesota is canceled. Kent State at Miami, Ohio, also canceled. Maryland at Michigan, canceled as well. Um, And then... Houston at SMU postponed. Vanderbilt at number eight. Georgia is postponed. That one is um, going to be played December 18th. Buffalo at Ohio is canceled. So, college picks I was kind of disappointed about that one, though, that Buffalo got canceled. Why? After what happened last week, I was kind of hoping for another performance like that. Yeah, he would have – I heard Jarrett Patterson needed – uh, 200 something yards in order to break Barry Sanders three game rushing yards record um, but yeah won't happen could happen <laughs> next week I mean you never know yeah. but the only game tonight now since the other two got uh, cancelled number 25 Louisiana at Appalachian State Alex's lone wolfing the Mountaineers at home I just think Levi Lewis and the Raging Cajun offense, as well as the defense. I mean, uh, I think they're a good team. And App State has not been the App State we are, mm-hmm. you know, th- that they usually are. They're not consistent at all, barely beating Georgia State, losing to their two best opponents, Marshall and Coastal Carolina. So, you know, yeah. I like the Raging Cajuns. Yeah, I mean, when I was looking through the schedule and seeing this, I was – somewhat surprised that app state was the favorite here i mean it is only a three-point game so this should be a battle but um 
I mean, I really wouldn't be surprised if they do win. Mm-hmm. But I just, I mean, like, the three of us are on the Raging Cajun bandwagon here. So, um, like you said, App State's kind of been up and down all season. And Louisiana, other than their loss, I think, has looked pretty good all season. Um, and, I mean, they are ranked, even though they're the last team ranked, but they're still ranked. So Yeah. And, I mean, they're... <sighs> Their only loss was to Coastal. Mm-hmm. So, and they have a quality win against Iowa State in Week One, um, who is now uh, what number nine, I believe. So, you know, and they have to play Coastal again in the Sun Belt Championship. So we'll see what comes of. Um, with even that. Iowa State is above BYU. Yeah, with two losses. So is Georgia. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, but yeah. This one is over under 51. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I like a defensive battle, so I'll go mm-hmm. with the under. Um, and then 8.30 tonight on ESPN. Let's head to tomorrow's games. Number four, Ohio State getting back at it. Um, at... Michigan State, not going to be a game. <laughs> not unless something unforeseen happens, like an injury. But right. even then, I think the team is just that much better than Michigan State. I think like, Mich- Even if somehow Justin Fields goes down, I, th- I think that Ohio State will still win this game. I mean, if Mel Tucker can pull this thing off, going back-to-back, beating the top two teams in the, in the Big Ten, <laughs> That'd be crazy. That'd be 2020 in a nutshell mm-hmm. for you. Uh, and then there especially wouldn't be an, a Big Ten champion uh, or a Big Ten uh, yeah. playoff contender. I mean, oh, I was going to say, like, if Michigan State does pull this off, there's no way that Ohio State makes the playoffs. Yeah. Unless unless they make the Big Ten championship and they absolutely annihilate Northwestern. Which could also happen, but... Yeah. yeah, but I don't. I don't think so. Um, not with that Northwestern defense. Anyways, uh, over under fifty nine and a half. Over. Um, actually, I don't know. Can Michigan State score? That's that's the question. <laughs> with Rocky I mean, Lombardi in that. Offense. I think Ohio State could get close to that themselves, but right close, but I don't know if they can get sixty. Um. Because Michigan I mean, State defense yeah. did look really good last week. <laughs> I mean, could they score like 42 and then Michigan State score, what, 21 or whatever? I don't know if that could happen. But. I don't think they're going to score three touchdowns against Ohio State. But um, the Ohio State's defense has been shaky from time to time. Um, but, yeah, 12 o'clock, uh, ABC. Number five, Texas A&M heading to Auburn. Uh, Texas A&M is getting five and a half points right now. I like that cover there, uh, sp- especially what Alabama did to Auburn last week. Mm-hmm. Not that Texas A&M is Alabama, but they're you know right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was gonna say A&M is definitely motivated in this game because <clears throat> they are the first team out of the playoffs right now. So I mean, although even though I don't think that they would make it regardless. Because, like you said, I think Florida would jump them in circumstances. But 
they are fighting for that playoff spot. So if they can win and have Ohio State, like we were just saying, get upset, or even one of the other teams, they could possibly jump in there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, over under 49, I like the over uh, in that one. 12 o'clock ESPN. Big 12, number 15, Oklahoma State. Uh, Two-point favorite at TCU. Not sure why it's uh, only two points. I I expect Oklahoma State uh, to beat them by a lot more, probably two touchdowns. Uh, I think that the the Vegas is kind of just scared because of last week against Texas Tech. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Oklahoma State, though, I think they've shown a couple times this season that they are – one of the better teams in the in the country right now. I mean, they are 15. So, like you said, I'm kind of surprised that it's only two. I would have expected it to be, like, at least a full score. Mm-hmm. Like, somewhere between, like, five to seven points. Um, but, I don't know, maybe the fact that it's at TCU, for some reason, has a little bit of a factor to it. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what the... Um what the series is recently between these two, but yeah, like I said, I expect Oklahoma State to beat them by two touchdowns. Uh, I I think they get Chuba Hubbard back in this game. I'm not sure, but even even if they don't, I still think um, Spencer Sanders and Tylen Wallace in the passing game are enough to get by the Horn Frogs. Over under fifty one and a half. Big Twelve over. Um, <laughs> Twelve o'clock. ESPN two. Let's go to North Carolina, Western Carolina, heading to number 17, North Carolina. North Carolina's getting 49 and a half. <laughs> and they're going to cover. Yeah. Yeah, when I saw this, I was like, like I don't know, in my head I was like, well, since when's there a Western Carolina? Like, I didn't even realize that there was one. And then I saw North Carolina and I was like, yeah, they've looked really good at times this season. Mm-hmm. Um, even in that game last week that we were watching during the show, um, they were right there with B- uh, not BYU with uh, Notre Dame the whole time. Um, so yeah, I think they easily cover that. Yep, I agree. Um, over under is sixty nine and a half. I like the under though. I don't think Western's yeah, going to score. I don't score. think they get there. Yeah, I don't think Western's going to score. Um, but yeah, sixty points probably for North Carolina is a good margin. Um, 12 o'clock ACC Network Rice heading to number 21 Marshall 23 points for Marshall here I'm not sure if I like 23 that's it's a, a bit much uh, but they are playing Rice so mm-hmm. yeah I mean they are playing a clearly lesser opponent but Marshall themselves, I feel like, even though they're seven and zero undefeated and all that, I feel like they haven't really looked that good at times this season. So, I don't know if they're one of those teams that likes to play down to their competition or whatever. But no, <laughs> <laughs> no but they still haven't looked good against some teams that they played this year. I so I don't, I don't think they outscore them by twenty four points. I would have to disagree with that, Chris. Other than the seventeen to seven App State win. 
their lowest output in a game was 20 points, which they beat FAU 20 to 9. They destroyed everyone else. 59 nothing against Eastern Kentucky, 38-14 Western Kentucky, 35-17 Louisiana Tech, 51-10 UMass, 42-14 Mid-Tennessee. Yeah, but still, a few of those ones that you just mentioned, that was under 23 points still. I think, like, one or two of those other ones you just mentioned were under 23. Yeah. Um, Like I said, I don't like the 23 points, but... mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Marshall's going to win. Let's see. Where are we at here? Over under 44.5. I like the over. It's pretty low for college, so... Uh, 12 o'clock, ESPN Plus. Here we go. Alex with another lone wolf. Memphis at Tulane. Tulane's getting two points here. Mm-hmm. We are all on the green wave. No, I mean, I kind of struggled with this one, too. Um, because just on the records alone, Tulane's look pretty bad at times, being that they're only 500. They're 5-5. Five and five. But Memphis has pulled off some good victories, and they're six and two. Um, so I mean, I expect this one to be a back and forth fight. But um, I don't know. In the end, I kind of just picked Tulane because they were the favorite. So yeah, yeah. I mean, Tulane has looked pretty good um, against some of the tougher schools in the conference. Um, you know, they got blown out by Houston, but they only lost to SMU by three, lost to UCF. Uh, that one's by 17, but still. Um, and then losing by six in double overtime to uh, Tulsa. And that Memphis loss was in overtime as well. So they've taken some good teams in the conference to overtime, um, pushed them a little bit. I think it's at home, so I like Tulane. Tulane's a pretty good team. They just play a hard schedule. Over-under is 63. I like the over. Tulane hasn't scored less than 24 points this year in a game. So there's a third of that right there. I was going to say, if they score 24 again, though, then that would mean Memphis would have to score, what, 40-something? Yeah. So. Um, 12 o'clock also on ESPN+. Plus. Maction, Ball State at Central Michigan. Uh, this one was interesting because it swung. Uh, it was Central Michigan. I believe it started out as two. Uh, went to one and a half and then swung all the way from yesterday to today to Ball State, minus one. So, Chris, um, you're on the Chippewas. Boy, um, were they favor- or was Ball State favorited on the – no, see, I picked Central Michigan because when I was doing the picks, I was looking at the thing, and on our thing, Central Michigan was one and a half. Yeah, so, because it changed today. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't check. I checked our script. I didn't check the actual, like, uh, whatever, the actual app or whatever. So, uh, I mean, I picked them because they are the favorite and they are home. Um, and I don't know. I just, 
I've never really been a big fan of Ball State. Um, but I do expect this one to be a very close game. Obviously, it, it was only one and a half for Central Michigan. Now it's one for uh, Ball State. But I yeah. think Central Michigan, I mean, they, they had that really good game last week against Eastern Michigan that they were down by a lot and they came back and won that one. That's why and, I can't pick Central Michigan. You had to come back a lot against an 0-4 Eastern Michigan team. 0-3 at that time. 0-4 Eastern Michigan team now. I think Ball State's look pretty good in most of their games. Um, Drew Plitt and um, Caleb... Is it Caleb? Yeah, I was right. I just wanted to make sure. Caleb Huntley uh, have looked good as well as their dynamic receiver, Justin Hall. Uh you know, I don't believe in the Central Michigan quarterbacks. So I I think Ball State gets the win and uh will definitely cover, you know, minus one. That's that's hard to push. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so. if they win then they obviously cover it. Uh, um But yeah, I don't know. So I mean, again, I picked Central Michigan Michigan because on our sheets you had him at negative one and a half or minus one and a half. So uh I picked them because they were the favorite at the time, but I'm not changing my pick. I'm still going to stick with Central Michigan, especially since I'm the lone wolf here. But yeah, I need to pick up some ground here. So It's going to be a high-scoring game. Ball State hasn't scored less than 27 points, which was just this past week they scored 27 in. Um, Central Michigan hasn't scored less than 30. So uh, definitely high-scoring game. Let's see. The over-under is 62.5. I'm hitting the over on that one I mean, easily. I mean, if they both put out their lowest performances, it's only 57. But I'm still putting out. I'm, I'm going over. Uh, I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. If both scoring in the 30s, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, 2 o'clock ESPNU. This one actually switched its schedule. Uh, it was originally scheduled at 5 on ESPNU, uh, and then they switched it around once the BYU news came out that they were switching with Liberty in the Coastal Carolina game, which we'll get to <clears throat> in a little bit. Um, keeping with the MAC, another Michigan battle here. Eastern Michigan heading to Western Michigan. Western is 4-0, and 13.5. Um I like the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Eastern. I Eastern's mean, put on a fight some games, but no. I mean, we just talked about it in the last slide with their almost win last week um, against Central Michigan. But, yeah, the fact that they blew that lead, I just I couldn't pick them. And, I mean, they're playing an undefeated <laughs> Western Michigan team, and they're, they've got a two-touchdown spread there pretty much. Yeah. So, all those signs point to Western Michigan winning this one easy. But I will tell you to hold up on the easy part, though. Um, I do like Eastern plus 13.5, however. Just based off how they've played this year, Western has been in three one-score games um, the last three games. And Eastern is the same thing. They've been in three of the four games, have been one-score games. So, maybe this is another one that Western just blows them out, but 
I don't think Eastern is as bad as some of the other bottom teams like Bowling Green and Akron. So, plus 13.5, take it to the bank for Eastern Michigan. Over under 66, though, I. It's probably another over, though, really. Looking at their scores, you know, it's the same thing as the last game. Eastern hasn't scored less than 23 points, which they did that twice in four games. And Western, uh, their lowest output was 30 last week. So, again, I think it's going to be another high-scoring game. Take the over. I mean, I think Western would have to score more than 30, though, because, like you said, they will. Eastern Michigan, I'm saying Eastern Michigan, though, if they put out their lowest again, you said it was 23. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's only 53 points between the two. So they, Western Michigan would probably have to score another 10 points to cover that spread, or however many points it was, but yeah. I still like the over 66. <laughs> I think this one scores in the 70s, just like uh, that Ball State Central Michigan game. Uh, 2 o'clock ESPN+. Plus. Let's go to the number two team in the country, host Notre Dame hosting Syracuse. One and nine Syracuse, thirty-four points for the Irish. Do they cover thirty-four though? I think I was going to say this is about as much of a lock as we have this week. I think. Um. I mean, the thirty-four seems a little high, but Syracuse. I just I don't see them scoring very much, and I think Notre Dame can score five touchdowns more than Syracuse there. Yeah, we also thought Syracuse is going to cover nineteen and a half against Louisville, and that didn't happen. uh take the 34 points for the irish and uh lock it in over under 51 and a half i like the under syracuse isn't gonna score if they do i maybe three (laughs) yeah uh let's see 230 on nbc SEC, number six, Florida, heading to Knoxville to Tennessee. Um, Florida, the Gators getting 17 and a half here. What do you think about that? I don't know if I like the 17 and a half, but um, like I said with um, with Texas A&M before, they are also still fighting for that playoff spot. So they, I mean, they very well could just keep piling it on to kind of increase their chances there, but... Um, obviously they need help from other teams before they make it into the playoffs. But, yeah, I just... The 17 and a half, I think, is kind of... It's on the fence for me with this one. Well, Florida controls its own destiny to the playoff. If they went out, they're in the playoff. Um, which would mean they would beat number one Alabama in the SEC championship game, which is not out of the realm of possibilities. Um, I think Florida's kind of still looking for... Um, style points if they would happen to lose to Alabama so um, yeah I do like 17 and a half it's going to be tough Tennessee's always tough at home mm-hmm. um, but I think Kyle Trask Kyle Pitts get it done Kadarius Tony, and the defense holds Jared Garantano to minuscule amount of points uh, over under is 62 and a half mm, that one's tough I like the over. Actually, I don't think no. so. 
I don't. Like Barely you said, under. Tennessee's going to have a tough time scoring, so Florida have to do most of the scoring there. And I don't know if they can get enough points to where Tennessee would also score a couple points to cover it. Barely under, 42-17. to 17. 59? 59. <laughs> under, 62.5. 3.30, that is the SEC on CBS. I could also see that happening where they barely cover the under and Tennessee scores 20 there. Make yeah. it 62 points. <laughs> Half-pointer. Always love uh-huh. it. Uh, this is one of two. This is the CBS doubleheader this week with the late game, which we'll talk about. Big 12, West Virginia at number 9, Iowa State. The Cyclones getting 6.5 points. I like the cover there. Um, West Virginia is going to fight. I believe that Iowa State's been in a lot of close games, but uh, I am yeah. sticking with the Cyclones as my Big 12 champion pick, mm-hmm. and I like them. Yeah, this is the, like you kind of said, uh, West Virginia is going to fight. I This is one of the games I was uh, kind of struggling with, too. Even though Iowa State's number nine, they've had a couple quality wins, and, I mean, they've had some bad losses, too. They have those two losses. But West Virginia has surprised us at the times, too. They, I mean, you were on them early on in the season. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think this will be a close game. I can see West Virginia covering the spread. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I obviously think Iowa State's going to win this one, but. I think it'll be a close game. If this was in Morgantown, I would say West Virginia covers, but um, it's at Iowa State, so I like the uh, Cyclones more than six and a half. Uh, but do you think it's going to be more than a touchdown, though? Do you think they'll win by more than a touchdown? Yeah, I think I think they cover. Yeah. Oh, well, they yeah. Ten. Sure, get it to ten. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's more than the ten, more than the touchdown, and that covers. <laughs> so, um, over under is forty nine and a half. Though I do like the under. They played a close one against Texas last week, so uh, wouldn't surprised be surprised if this one uh, is ends up in the thirties or low forties. Three thirty on ESPN. Big Ten matchup, number 12, Indiana, heading to Madison, number 16, Wisconsin. Um, The Badgers, 13.5 here. Uh, I like the cover. Indiana, no Michael Penix Jr. there. I don't feel very great about Indiana the rest of the season. (laughs) No. um, I mean, I guess I missed the... uh rankings there when I was looking at the picks before, but I didn't realize that this was one of the games that both teams are ranked, but uh, yeah, Wisconsin's looked good in their three games, and like you said, Indiana's kind of lacking there with uh, Panics being out. So, I I think I like the two touchdown cover, pretty much. Yeah, I agree, Graham Mertz. Uh, Wisconsin hasn't played in... Uh, well, did they play last week? No. They have not played since November 21st. So, I mean, so a little over two weeks, but I mean, I, I don't know. 
I still like them to cover two touchdowns. Yeah, I agree. They're going to get at least two interceptions off of Indiana's new quarterback. Um, Over-under is 45. I'm going to go under. I don't think Indiana's going to score very much. Yeah. Um, because Wisconsin's defense is pretty good anyways, even if it were Michael Penix playing for Indiana. Uh, <laughs> I still don't think they're going to score very much. Yeah, I mean, in order for them to cover... I mean, it would have to basically be like twenty-eight to, to, what fourteen? Yeah, no, twenty-eight, fourteen wouldn't even make it. Yeah. <laughs> so it would have to be like thirty-one to fourteen, I think. Yeah. That would and that would cover the spread and the and the um, what call it? That would hit the over. Yeah. Um. Three thirty on ABC. Sticking with the Big Ten, number 19, Iowa, heading to Champaign to face the fighting Illini, uh, Illinois, Lovey Smith's team. Um, I don't know. The Hawkeyes have been weird, you know, mm-hmm. all season. So, But Illinois is pretty bad. Even though they are 2-3, <laughs> and three, they are 2-3, and three, but... Uh, but who have they played? <laughs> well... Since you asked, they got blown out by Wisconsin, lost to Purdue by a touchdown, blown out by Illinois, Illinois uh, by Minnesota. Uh, they are on a two-game win streak, <laughs> beating Rutgers by three and uh, destroying Nebraska last week, forty-one twenty-three. Got uh, they kind of side-skirted around the Ohio State game with Ohio State's COVID issues. Mm-hmm. So they still have Iowa and Northwestern left. So they're going two and five. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, they do have a somewhat quality win there against uh, Nebraska. but Not really. Nebraska's one and four. <laughs> well, then never mind. I thought they were better than that. Um, yeah. I, I just, yeah, Iowa State. I mean, not Iowa State, Iowa. Like you said, they've been weird all season, but I think this is a game that they they should have no problem with whatsoever. Yeah, losses against Purdue, Northwestern, um, but then wins against blowout wins against Michigan State, Minnesota, Penn State, beating Nebraska by six last week. So, yeah, Hawkeyes win. Um, see over under is 51 i do like the over however um i think illinois quarterback brandon peters can score enough um as well as the iowa offense so yeah 330 on fs1 i believe that one also got changed from big 10 network to fs1 because the Maryland-Michigan game was not being played anymore. Something like that. Some game got moved. Anyways, number 24, Tulsa to Annapolis to face the Naval Academy. Tulsa is getting 12 points. I already know why you're picking Navy, Chris. Mm-hmm. I've stuck with the all the uh, military teams all season, and that's not changing. But, yeah, this one, sorry, Navy, you're not winning this one. 
I was going to say they're going to get destroyed, but I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. I do think Tulsa covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Navy's just been so up and down. Uh, yeah. and they have surprised us at times, but... Uh, yeah, and I mean, the thing is, is I think Navy's going to be looking uh, ahead to next week, the Army game. So there's not really any reason for them to to need to want to win this game anyways. I mean, they're not going to be in the American Conference Championship. So, but one thing that they would want to win this game for is cuz if they win this one and then they win against Army, they get the 500, makes them look better for a potential bowl um berth considering you don't need six wins this year to get to a bowl game. Over under is forty nine. Um, that's tough. That's I mean, tough. that would be thirty five fourteen. Yeah. To push. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I don't know. It's tough for me to say one way or the other. There. Um, this one is three thirty on ESPN two. Go to the Pac-12, Stanford at number 22, Washington, coming off that 21 to nothing uh, comeback win against Utah. And, yeah, the Huskies looking good. I like Dylan Morris as their quarterback. Um, they have Kate Otten as their tight end there. So uh, Stanford barely beating Cal by one point in the, in the big game. So, I I think Washington's a better team. Yeah, they're like I was gonna say. The Washingtons looked good in their three games. <clears throat> Stanford not so much. Like you said, they barely beat Cal. Um, so I think Washington has this one. Gonna I think they're also gonna cover the spread. So I agree. Uh, Over under is fifty. Like the under. Um, you know, if you want to cover the spread, Chris, we'll go 28-14. That gets you to 44, or 42, I mean. Yeah, 42. So, uh, 4 o'clock on Fox. Biggest, (laughs) I think this is by far the biggest game of the week. Mm-hmm. I think it was already going to be a really good game with Liberty, but now it's even crazier mm-hmm. with BYU coming to town. And mm-hmm. College Game Day will be in Conway, South Carolina. Uh, Mark and I were thinking about going. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should have, if we would have got our tickets earlier, uh, we would have went because they were only like eighty dollars. Uh, with the announcement of BYU, tickets are up to like two hundred and eighty dollars now. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah. If I had known it was a BYU coastal game, I might have actually come down for the weekend to go to it. But um, yeah, this one's going to be a very fun one to watch. I think. Yeah, crazy though. Um, Liberty got scratched because of COVID issues within the Liberty program. But the craziest thing was the spread <laughs> with Liberty playing. It was coastal by eleven. It went <laughs> 21, 21 points, points. <laughs> the other way to BYU, and they 
announced that they were coming to town. But Chris, why are you picking the Shants in this one? I mean, yes, they're playing BYU, who has looked just as good, if not better, than Coastal this whole season. But uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't really like the ten point spread. I think it'll be a lot closer of a game than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like that they're in Carolina with that teal field. I just I believe in the teal field there. Um, I think that Coastal. I mean, yeah. I I think Coastal will be able to make the plays that they need to make, and I mean. They've, I think, surprised a lot of people being nine and zero this season so far. Um, but I don't know. I just, I really like Coastal here, being home, and even though BYU, I think has, like I said, this this is one of the best matchups of the year. I think, in all however many weeks we've been doing this now, so I think it'll be a very very close game. But I just like Coastal being able to stop the. BYU offense one more time than BYU can stop Coastal. Yeah, this one should have. <clears throat> I don't know. See, it 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 should have offensive firepower because both offenses can score. But the thing is, is both defenses can stop opponents too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to watch how that plays out. I do agree. Normally, that I would like the plus ten for Coastal, but. <laughs> BYU has playoff aspirations, and this is the game that they've been waiting to get because they've been waiting. They try to they're, they're looking around trying to get more games in, trying to fill their schedule with premium premium games, and they finally get another ranked matchup. They played BYU or Boise State when they were ranked. They're not ranked now, which kind of kills that win. Plus, they didn't have Hank Bachmeyer in that game. So I think BYU is looking for style points. They're going to have to go out and annihilate Coastal on the teal in order to even sniff the you know four, five, six area in the rankings next week. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think if BYU wins, they do kind of catapult into the top ten, um, maybe even ahead of Georgia which I believe Georgia shouldn't even be in the top ten. but Hey, we um, have a quarterback now. <laughs> well, yeah, but the I don't like that there's two lost teams there in the top ten when there's a team like BYU uh, out there at 13. And even Coastal, I don't know if they're a top ten, but they're 9-0. They should be higher than 18, I think. Um, but, yeah, this game I definitely look forward to. And... I I'm definitely rooting for Coastal here because Lone Wolf and them. So let's go Coastal. Yeah, this one this one hurts for me because you know been on the shots all year, been on BYU all year. I was on Liberty all year as well before when this game was going to be that. So yeah, I was going to pick Coastal if they were playing Liberty once BYU was announced. I switched to the Cougs. So uh, going to be interesting to see just how many NFL players come out of this game though because. Gonna be double digits, I believe. Anyways, it might be close to double digits just on BYU. Eh, I don't think so. There's, there's, there's a bunch of good guys, uh, coastal that are getting drafts. Um, I don't know. Consideration. Yeah, I, I blanked on a word there. And I <laughs> <have to. laughs> 
anyways, the over under is sixty one and a half. I like the over. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, both offenses can score. Yeah, like I mean, you said that both these teams are very good on both sides of the ball, but I think that this one, the offenses will prevail here. Yeah. Uh, 5.30 on ESPNU. Like I said, that switched uh, with the other game. The Ball State Central Michigan game. Go to the Mountain West. San Jose State going to Honolulu to play Hawaii in the Rainbow Warriors. Um, I don't know if this one switched because originally when I wrote the script that... I had it as the other way around, is that Hawaii was supposed to go to San Jose State. Uh, I don't know if they switched because I don't know the... Off the top of my head, I don't know the geography in California, so I don't know how close San Jose is to Santa Clara, where they're having... They said that they can't play football for... I think San Jose is at the southern end of California. Okay, well, yeah, I don't know. I just knew that, you know, Santa Clara thing from the Niners Mm -hmm. was having issues, so I don't know. But, yeah, I like the Spartans. I I got, you know, nicked up last week with the Nevada pick against Hawaii. Uh, But this one is not a late game like the Nevada game was last week. Uh, It's, you know, relative, like, you know, primetime game, 6 o'clock. So, I know you like your Hawaii in Hawaii, Chris. Yeah. But, I mean... That's kind of why I picked them, because they were out in Hawaii for this game. Um, even though San Jose is 4-0, um, but it is, it's only a two-point spread. So I figured that um, this one's supposed to be a close game, and one mistake could turn it into Hawaii's win there. Um, so I, I like Hawaii there at home, like you said. That's probably the main reason I picked them. Otherwise, if I mean, if San Jose was playing anywhere else, I think I would have picked San Jose State. But, no, since they're in Hawaii, I like it being in Hawaii. Even though, like you said, it's a 6 o'clock game rather than, what was it, 11 o'clock last week? Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I think that the time difference will kind of throw them off a little bit. Yeah. This is a very good quarterback matchup that people probably don't know who the quarterbacks are. Well, at least one of the quarterbacks. Nick Starkle for San Jose uh, against Chevin Cordero for Hawaii. Both quarterbacks playing very well right now. Um, looking forward to this one. Even though you'll have to stream it because, once again, for some reason, Hawaii does not get a network associated with their games. So, <laughs> I don't know why. But, uh, yeah, there's no network associated with it. Six o'clock, like I said, uh, over-under is 60. I I do like the under, however. I Like I said, I like both quarterbacks, but um, I liked both quarterbacks last week when the Nevada game played, and they only scored, I think it was um, 44 or 45 points. So under 60, I like it. Mm-hmm. Let's go to a Conference USA Sunbelt non-conference matchup here. FAU heading two Statesboro to play Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern is getting two and a half, which I was very, very surprised that Georgia Southern was favored mm-hmm. uh, considering FAU is five and one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's exactly why I picked FAU, actually. Because um, even though they played 
what four more games than them. Yeah. Um, Georgia Southern is only six and four, um, and FAU has looked good in their six games, um, and it is only a two and a half point spread. So, I, I don't know. I like FAU in this one, even though they're traveling to Georgia Southern. Um, yeah. I just think Georgia Southern is a better team with Shy Wirtz and the triple option. Their their spread triple option that they run at Southern. Uh, and also, I think that Georgia Southern's played a harder schedule, uh, which is something interesting to say, uh, considering it's Sunbelt versus Conference USA. But I don't, I don't, the Conference USA depth is not what the Sunbelt depth is, especially this year. Uh, you have a lot of teams that are 500 or above in the Sun Belt when uh, Conference USA, that's not the case. Let's see. Uh, yeah. You have in FAU's division alone, it is literally just them and Marshall that have above a 500 record. Uh, and then on the Western side. You have three teams, UTSA, Louisiana Tech, UAB, uh, who are above 500. And when you go to the Sun Belt, like I said, you have Coastal, you have App State, Georgia Southern, Georgia State. Uh, Troy lost last week, but they were 4-4, four and 4-5 four, four and five now. And then you have Louisiana. Um, that's the only one that's above 500 in the West. But, yeah, that East, though, which is the division that Georgia Southern plays in, very difficult. Coastal, App State, Georgia State, Troy, like I said there. So, yeah. I think they just played a lot tougher games. They're more, um, you know, hardened by their schedule there. So, like Southern, like the Eagles, I think they win. We know why Alex picked them. Because uh, <laughs> he went there. He's from there. So, uh, or he didn't, yeah, he didn't go there. I don't remember. I never remember where he went to undergrad. Whatever. <laughs> He's from there. He's from there, though. That's why they picked him. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Over-under is 42. Another low one. I like the over. It's hard not to score 42 total in college. So, 6 o'clock ESPN+. Plus. Let's go to the Pac-12 again. Number 23, Oregon, heading to Cal. And Cal has no shot. They've looked pretty bad in all three of their games. And, you know, Oregon's coming off major upset in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. So I expect Oregon to blow Cal out. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, Oregon's got a chip on his shoulder now after losing to Oregon State last week. So, uh, what better way to get back on track than with a winless Cal team? And, yeah, I definitely expect them to cover that nine-point spread there. Mm-hmm. Tyler Schoff and the uh, C.J. Verdell and the likes heading to Cal. Uh, over under 59, though. No, don't like it. Not enough from the Cal offense. 7 o'clock ESPN. Staying with the Pac-12, Colorado heading to Arizona. 
to play Kevin Sumlin and the Wildcats. You know I've been on the Buffs the whole time, so I'm rolling with the the Buffaloes uh-huh. once again. Uh, I like Colorado. I like them covering seven and a half. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm on Colorado's bandwagon for this week. Um, I mean, they are playing a winless Arizona team, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think they can definitely uh, cover the spread there. And yeah, I think they win this one. Win by ten. Mm-hmm. Um, Over under is fifty eight though. I think this one's closer, a lot closer than the Oregon Cal over under of fifty nine. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be close. They they could possibly just get to fifty six. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which what is fifty six? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. But I like them. Winning by 10. So. 35-14? I mean, 35-21? That would also be 56. Okay, sure. That's not <laughs> that's not winning by 10, but good enough. Uh, 7 o'clock, FS1. ACC, number three, Clemson. Heading to Blacksburg to face Virginia Tech. 22 points for Clemson. You think they cover, Chris? Um, I don't know. It's kind of tough because if they have, I mean, they've, they've done it all season. When they have the big lead, they kind of take their foot off the gas. So if Virginia Tech can score, then I don't think so. But if not, then I think Clemson will score. It will cover out. But it's another Tech school. Maybe they'll do what they did to Georgia Tech. <laughs> That's true. 73-7. <laughs> um, anyways, last regular season game for Clemson before the ACC championship game. I Yeah, the 22 is tough. Virginia Tech is a tough team. But let's do it. Let's, let's go with Clemson. Minus 22 to cover. Beat them by 24. Uh... Over under sixty seven though. <laughs> uh, definitely possible. Fifty mm-hmm. something to fourteen. Like I said, if they take their foot off the gas, I don't know, but um, I definitely think that they could score somewhere near fifty points. But then it would be up to Tech to score the rest. Uh, let's see. That would only get under thirty. So yeah, um, no, I was thinking maybe a one point under of fifty-two to fourteen, which gets you to sixty-six. Seven thirty ABC. SEC number one team in the country, Alabama, going to Baton Rouge to play at the LSU Tigers. Minus 29 and a half. <laughs> My lord. Yeah. I mean, if this was last year's uh if this was last year's LSU, I think that this would definitely be a way different game. 
obviously. But, uh, yeah, Alabama against this kind of LSU team, I think can easily outscore them by 30. Yeah. I mean, they covered in the Iron Bowl last week 24.5, so what's five more points, right? (laughs) Exactly. Which I do say that, but if last week would have been 29.5, Auburn would have covered by a half a point. (laughs) So... That's the funny thing. LSU is not going to score. How much did Auburn score last week? 13. Is LSU going to score more than 13 points? No. Because if they score 13, Alabama scores 42 again. That's a half-point cover for LSU. (laughs) So, yeah. Maybe. Uh, This one is also over under 67. I don't like it. Like I said, Alabama only got 42 last week, so um, they would need a lot of help from LSU, which isn't going to happen. <laughs> 8 o'clock on CBS. Like I said, CBS has their doubleheader SEC weekend this week. Going back to the ACC, number 10, Miami, heading to Duke uh, to face the Blue Devils, minus 15 for the Canes here. I like it. I like Derek oh, King. Yeah. Beat him by 21. Yeah, they, they're, uh, I fully expect Miami to win by three touchdowns there. Yeah. And they haven't played in, like, three weeks. November 14th. Last Who, week. Miami or Duke? Miami. I mean that could hinder them a little bit, but I don't know. I still think that they, uh, I still think they could outscore a Duke team by three touchdowns. Yeah, it just might take till the second half. They might be a little slow out the gate. Let's see, the over under for Miami is sixty. Not gonna happen. Probably. I don't know. Eight o'clock ACC Network. Big 12, Baylor at number 11, Oklahoma. 22 points for the Sooners. That's tough. Uh, I mean, Oklahoma's been playing lights out. Six-game win streak. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, Oklahoma had that rough start to the season. But, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I fully expect them to take care of business here against Baylor. Um, twenty-one or twenty-two points. Though, I don't know. I think they could get it, but it's uh, I don't know. I think that'll be a tough one. Yeah, we'll have to see how many points they give up to Charlie Brewer in that uh, Baylor Bear offense. Um, over under is sixty-two and a half. I like the over. Again, it's a Big Twelve game, so why not? Just bet over on all the Big 12 games. You'll be fine. (laughs) 8 o'clock on Fox. Mountain West, Fresno State at Nevada. Nevada coming off their loss at Hawaii last week. And this one is, you know, I don't think it's as tough as 3-1, 5-1. I like Carson Strong still. 
mm-hmm. and Toa Tawa, <laughs> their running back, their stud running back there. And they have one of the best receivers in the country in Romeo Dobbs. So, uh, yeah, Wolfpack get the win. Uh, big two touchdowns at, at the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nevada's got this one. Over, easy. Over-under is 59. I like the over. Both offenses can score, however. Um, so, yeah. 10.30 FS1. Dude, Nevada keeps getting screwed out of the good spots, timing-wise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they can't get an earlier game <laughs> than 10 o'clock. That's uh, what happens when you're on the West Coast. Yeah, but Hawaii's playing San Jose at 6th now. Yeah, and what time is that in so Hawaii? Early, but, yeah. What time is uh, 6 o'clock in Hawaii? <laughs> like, it's probably noon. I have no idea. Probably close, you know. I don't know. Anyway. Currently, it's one thirty-four in the afternoon there, so it's five hours behind us. So it'll be what? 1 o'clock. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, it's 6 o'clock, right? So, yeah, it'll be yeah. 1 o'clock out there. <laughs> uh, okay, we do have two college games on Sunday this week, which is the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> Western Kentucky playing at Charlotte. Uh, we haven't seen much of either of these teams in our show uh, because mm-hmm. both teams have not been that great. <laughs> and also, Charlotte hasn't played mm-hmm. uh, in a month. They're the same as Louisiana Tech. They haven't played since Halloween, where they got annihilated by Duke 53-19. to so, yeah. Haven't played in a month. Western Kentucky's got five more games than them, coming off a win against FIU. Actually, Western's on a two-game win streak, uh, beating Southern Miss and FIU, so, and barely losing to FAU 10-6. to So, I, th- I like the Hilltoppers here. Uh, you know, Tyrell Pigram, um, their quarterback, Maryland transfer there, so that's really the only reason I don't know a lot about much of the other players in this one. Like I said, Charlotte hasn't played in a month, so mm-hmm. haven't heard anything I mean, about them. When I was picking, I didn't really look into all those factors. Um, I didn't realize that they had not played in a month and that the last game was against Duke and they got blown out by Duke. <laughs> but with that being said, they are still home. They are still favorited right now, even if it is only by a point and a half. Um. So I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean they played FAU just as tough as Western did. Twenty-one seventeen, FAU beat them. So I don't know. Anyways, uh, over under is forty-seven and a half. I like the over barely. Yeah. Twenty eight twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh twelve o'clock on Sunday, ESPN three. Let's go to one that will Nobody's actually gonna watch that game. Let's go to one that will actually be on cable. Pac twelve, Washington State at number twenty USC. Uh SC is getting thirteen points. Don't know much about Washington State really. Uh <sighs> But I do know Keaton Slovis is the quarterback for the Trojans, so I believe in him. And I don't know if they cover, uh, considering how two of their three games have went. 
but uh, I do like USC and the Trojans here. Yeah, they, um, yeah, like you said, I don't really know anything about Washington State either, but uh, USC, they're always a great college team, but they never produce good NFL talent. But that's beside the point. Yeah. Um, um, no, I I fully expect them to beat out the Washington State by the two touchdowns here. The over-under is 67 and a half. <laughs> Biggest one of the weekend for our slate, I believe. Or did we have 69s? I think it was 67 and a half was the bigger. Yes, it is. Um, I'm kind of surprised that it's that much, though. Can USC really score that many points by themselves? Uh, I mean, they scored 33 last week. Yeah, but, I mean... 33, or, 34, and 28 were their three games. Well, yeah, so if that's only half it, I don't think Washington State can score that many points. So I think that's going to be under. I agree. This one is 730 <laughs> on Sunday. On FS1. Yeah, nobody's watching either of those college games on Sunday. Hey, you get it. You get to watch it in between the four o'clock games and the Sunday night game. <laughs> watch it's like at halftime at that, but it wouldn't be at halftime at <laughs> seven thirty kickoff. Anyways, I mean, there's always a chance that the uh, that this game would be on after the month after the Sunday night game too. If it goes into like how many overtimes that would be. <laughs> yeah. That would be a million. I'll be watching it, though. It's fine. <laughs> NFL playoff standings. Steelers still number one seed. So are the Saints. Interesting development here. The AFC South division. Titans have a one-game lead now after they beat the Colts. Um, same thing can be said for the NFC West with the Seahawks over the Rams. Uh the Giants are now the NFC East leaders by half a game. Actually, no, they're not really by half a game. It's tied with the Washington football team. Anyways, what I love to see, the Ravens not in the playoffs right now. Great times. Love it. Hate the Ravens. That's good. But, yeah. I don't know. Who do you think has a shot out of the AFC to make it? That are not in right now? Yeah. Um, no one. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> just looking at the three teams that are in, it's the Browns at eight and three, Dolphins at seven and four, and Colts at seven and four. So I think that all of those teams will end up with at least ten wins. So that would mean that the remainder. Uh, I don't think the Broncos or Texans have no shot. Patriots, though, I don't know if they were to end up at ten and six. And whoever's at seven would end up at ten and six. I don't know if they would get the spot over them. Um, like I don't, I don't think they'd get the spot over those three teams that are there if they tied with those three teams. Mm-hmm. Um, Ravens, though, they beat the Colts, didn't they? Yeah. So they would get the spot over them. Um, and the Raiders, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. I think that the. Uh, there's a lot riding on this game this weekend between the Titans and the Browns. If the Titans win and make the Browns 8-4, and four, 
then I think that there's a shot that the Raiders can make it in um, because they're playing the Jets this weekend. They're going to be 7-5. and five. Um, And even though that's still a game behind 8-4, and four, I don't know. Again, I'm still skeptical about the Browns because they haven't been good in however many years. So the fact that they're even at 500 right now, or like guaranteed at 500 right now, is kind of weird to me. Yeah. Um, but... And also with the Dolphins, too. They're kind of a question mark, too, with their quarterback issues right now. Um, because if they can't send two out there, I mean, from personal experience, Fitzpatrick will find a way to <laughs> screw it up. So, um, I think the only lock of those three teams in the wild card spot for the AFC is the Colts. Yeah, that's tough. But, but I, I think the Raiders can make it in. The Ravens, I'm not so sure about, though. Yeah, the Browns uh, have almost no shot at the AFC North division. Um, so that's out for them. So they have to get in the wild card. The Dolphins, though, they could still win the AFC East. So, yep. you know, not that I think they will, but um, that's still a possibility. And the Colts can still win the AFC South as well if the Titans slip up in the last five weeks. So, Well, who gets the spot... If they tie, because they split would, the games, I don't know who. It would, would have come better... down. It would come down to division record first, and then yeah. conference record. So I think at that, right now, that would be the Titans, I believe, because I think that they would have. They haven't lost anybody but the Colts the first time, right? I think they beat the Jaguars, and they've beaten the Texans. So they only have one loss in the division, and the Colts have two. Yeah, yeah, because they lost the to the Jaguars week one. Yep. So, um, and they also as long have as the a lot Titans don't conference. lose another game in the division, they would have the spot there. And they also um, have a lot better conference record anyways. Six and yeah. three for the Titans, three and four for the Colts. So, yeah, Titans pretty much have that division unless they, like you said, have a colossal collapse there. Um, they just need but, to uh, lose two out of the five and the Colts need to win all five. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Um, but, so, I mean, obviously the top two seeds are pretty much set in terms of the teams that are there. Maybe not the positioning. We'll see how that ends up. But those two teams are going to be the top two no matter what. Um, I think the Titans will stay there at three. And then we'll see how the Bills do down the stretch. If I still think they make the playoffs. Even if somehow the Dolphins do win the division, I think the Bills will be in the playoffs. Bills still have um, to play uh, the Steelers. Well, I mean, so that would bring them down to 12 and 4, technically. I don't know who, they, who else they play. Um, I mean, they play the, – actually, that's going to be the – they play the Dolphins in Week 17, the last game of the season. So that could be a very big game there. Um, yeah, Steelers is their hardest game left. And, uh, well, Dolphins. did they – they didn't play the Dolphins yet, did they? They still have both games against them left? No, they did. Oh, they did. Oh. Yeah, the Bills beat them week two, 31-28. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. But I think for the most part, I think that six of these seven teams that are in the playoffs right now will make it. I think the only one that's kind of shaky for me still is the Browns because they are the Browns. But I wouldn't be surprised if those seven teams are the seven teams that make it in the playoffs for the AFC. Um, I agree. And I think for the NFC, though, it's a little bit more <clears> – <throat> Um, I think that seventh seed is up for grabs, pretty much. Mm-hmm. 
because of the way that the Cardinals have been playing and the way that the Vikings and even the 49ers have been playing. Yeah. Um, I would throw the, Bears, the Bucks in there, too. The Bucks are not doing right, great right now. Yeah, yeah but um, I don't know. I think that they have that one game lead, though. I think they... I think they'll be fine. Even if they end up the seven seed, I think they'll still make it. Um, but the Bears should just not be on this list right now. <laughs> and neither should the Cowboys. Or, I mean, I don't even think the Eagles should be because I don't think they make the playoffs now. Um, <clears throat> they have too hard of a schedule to, going forward. And, uh, I mean, even Washington should have a little asterisk that they can only win the division. They, they're they not going to make it as a wild card. Um, so, realistically, I mean, it's really only – the Vikings and 49ers, I think, are the only two out of the playoffs that have a shot at the playoffs. And uh, I don't know if the Cardinals... Oh, well, yeah, the Cardinals did play the 49ers because they're in the division, obviously. Um, and they did beat them, so they have that advantage over them. Um, and they play them again this week, don't they? I think it was. No. Week 16. Oh, it's week 16? Um Oh no! It's the, I knew it was a divisional game for the for the Cardinals. <laughs> so they're playing the Rams. Um, so that's also a very big game too. Because if the Rams do win that one, they'll go to eight and four and drop the Cardinals to five hundred at six and six. Which I don't know if the Vikings or 49ers win. Well, no. If the 49ers win, they'll still be out because the Cardinals have the tiebreaker right now. But if the Vikings win, I don't know if they would take the spot over the Cardinals. Yeah, I think there's the yeah. NFC West has a million division games coming down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to determine who wins that and who gets in. And possibly all four. Like I said, Bucks are not playing well right now. Mm-hmm. They played some hard teams, not going to lie, but they don't have any shot really at the division anymore. Being three games back, three and a half, or two and, and a half. losing both t- both games to the Saints already. Right, so pretty much it is three and a half games. In five yeah. weeks, so uh, unless Taysom Hill just you know drops a bomb on the Saints in the last five weeks, uh, I mean, Drew, Drew Brees is supposed to come back in the next couple weeks anyway. So, yeah, I mean there is a chance that they lose this week because they are playing the Falcons, but I don't know. Well, we'll see that no one picked them in our picks. So <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying it is a division game, and if the Falcons' offense does play at full strength like they did last week against the Raiders, then I don't think that the Saints can keep keep up in a shootout. And Raheem Morris Morris has the Falcons within two games of a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think for the most part, the AFC is pretty much set, except I think the Raiders can make it in. The Ravens have kind of fallen way off now. Um they're kind of like the Bears of the AFC, not going to lie. Because <laughs> they started off really good, and then they've kind of just – they're on a bit of a downhill right now. Um, granted, they did have a little bit of a disadvantage this past week, but their backups still played really good against the Steelers, so they had a chance to win that game, like we said before. Um, but, yeah, I think the AFC is pretty much set, but the wild card teams for the NFC, I think – I think at least one of those two in six or seven, one of those two doesn't make it. Interesting, interesting five weeks coming up. Mm-hmm. Pick standings, Chris, you are still at the top. You gained Hold the head of game. 
gained a game back on me. Um, two games up now. Uh, Alex, three games back. Him and I had the same record last week. Mark and you had the same record. Four games back for Mark. All very close, unlike the college standings. Very, very close in the NFL. It would have been a lot closer, though, if I didn't do all those, like, I'm not picking against these teams. Thanks. <laughs> all right. Saints at the Falcons. Saints are getting three points right now. Mm-hmm. I like it. Taysom Hill. Had the Falcons the first time. Are the Falcons going to be ready for him this time, though? I mean, again, like I was just saying with, when we were talking about the standings, if the Falcons can somehow um, do what they did to the, to the Raiders last week and like actually show up on defense, I think that the Falcons have a shot at winning this game. Um, but it, it all comes down to like it all comes down to how Taysom Hill uh, plays. I mean, he hasn't really been the best quarterback. Not like that's a fact. He hasn't really thrown the ball too well. Um, I think, he, what does he have, like five rushing touchdowns in the last couple of weeks or something like that, or four rushing touchdowns? I know he's got a lot because that's all he does when he gets down to the red zone. He just rushes it in. Well, he's only played two games. Uh, I think it's three. Three rushing touchdowns, I believe. Um, but, yeah. Uh, four, and then Latavius four, Murray four, had that other one last week, too, I think. Yeah, four rushing touchdowns the last two weeks combined so yeah he hasn't thrown a touchdown yet uh and only completing about let's go in the middle of the two games so probably 65 percent yeah did not look good against the broncos uh you know looked very good against the falcons though so we'll see if he can get the falcons again uh playing them twice in three weeks but, yeah, I believe they will, like everyone else does. Uh, over-under is 45 going the over. Both teams are going to score. Let's go to the NFC North. A lot of division matchups, actually. Yeah, yeah, a lot of division matchups this week. All right, so Alex is lone-wolfing the Bears, and I saw a tweet that said apparently... Mitch Trubisky owns the Lions. Uh, I'm not sure what his career record is against the Lions. But apparently, it's pretty good. Who, who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> they did win in Week One. However, the Lions should have won that game. Yeah. But DeAndre—that was the game that DeAndre Swift dropped the touchdown, right? That was Week One. Mm-hmm. So, um, that that record is should have an asterisk there. They should have one more loss. Um, but I don't know. This one was a tough one for me because the Bears are technically still in the playoff hunt. They are ahead of the Lions right now, um, and it is home in Chicago, and they do have that defense still. But as long as Trubisky's the quarterback of the Bears, I don't care who else is on the team. I don't have any faith in them. Um, and the Lions, even though they're going to be without Galladay again, they're getting Swift back. Um. And they did just fire Patricia. Yeah. Um, they fired him after the Thanksgiving game, right? So this is their first game without mm-hmm. or with a new coach. Um, and I, 
I mean, I don't know the statistics exactly, but I feel like statistically teams do good in that first game with the new coach. Yeah. Um, it always seems that way, at least. So I think that the Lions will be motivated this week to, especially since it is a division game. Um, and, I mean, the Bears have not won a game in, what, five, six weeks, something like that? They were 5-1, and one, right? Yeah. So they, they've gone 0-5 since then. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I think the Lions come out in this one, and they're ready, and they will catch that touchdown at the end of the game. Yeah, I think DeAndre Swift getting back was a big factor for me. I'm not sure that Daryl Bevel has uh, the sort of impact that the other two interim head coaches have and Raheem Morris and Romeo Cornell because Daryl Bevel's never been a head coach before, and Raheem Morris and Romeo Cornell were head coaches before. Raheem Morris was? Tampa. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. I knew that Romeo Cornell was. He used to be the Chiefs coach, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I believe he was interim with the Browns or head coach of the Browns for a season or two. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So I have to see what the team looks like uh, with Daryl Bevel at the helm. Um, <laughs> the legislator for uh, Michigan was, uh, I heard... Um, kind of praying and telling the Lions that uh, they need to go hire Robert Sala from San Francisco. So there's that that the Lions have going for them, that uh, their congressmen are trying to levy on them at a new head coach. So, uh, I mean, it's not a bad option, but still. Why? Why are, why are politicians telling you what, head coach you should hire <laughs> makes no sense <laughs> um anyways over under 45 we're going under that one both teams low scoring affair 17 13 lions well, what was the score of the first game i don't even know but i know it was a close one obviously because it was, a, it was 27 23 bears which would hit the over <laughs> i mean i yeah i don't i don't think it'll hit that high this time. I think you're right. More like seventeen, thirteen. But I was just curious what the first game was. Yeah. Um, let's see. Going to this is, I I think probably right, the best game of the weekend, <laughs> the marquee game, uh, eight and three against eight and three Titans at home, five and a half for Tennessee. Derrick Henry has started his train. The last two weeks, he will continue against the Browns' defense this week. Mm-hmm. Even though they're getting Miles Garrett back, um, I don't know. I, I mean, we're obviously all in the Titans, um, as are the the uh, bookies <laughs> and Vegas and whoever else, because um, the the Titans are favorited right now. Um, but a part of me is also like. I feel like it's the Browns' bias because nobody's used to the Browns actually being good. So every time that they've been in a position this year, I think they've been the underdog in a game against an actually good team. Um, 
but no, I think that this one's actually right, though. I think the Titans will win this one. I wanted to do it. I did. I wanted to do it badly. And then Mark, I mean, I wouldn't have been lone wolfing if I would have done it because Mark said he was going with me on college on all the picks. So um, regardless, I wouldn't have been able to lone wolf anything this week, Uh, (laughs) which doesn't matter. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But uh, I wanted to do the Browns, just couldn't pull the trigger, couldn't do it against King Henry. I mean, looking back at the Brown schedule, though, their losses are against Baltimore in week one and Pittsburgh in week six, which are both division games, and then the Raiders in week eight. So, I mean, the two division games are whatever because it's division games, so you're expected to lose a couple of those. Um, and especially against the Steelers, who are undefeated. Um, but the Raiders game, that was probably their worst game of the season so far. That was an ugly game. Sixteen to six was the game. Um, they also they, have, they also have an e- they've had an easy schedule. They played the NFC East, and then they played against the Jags. Yeah, and then they played the AFC South. So that's the Jaguars and the Texans, um, who they beat both of them, and then the Colts, who they also beat, which is that was a surprise. But the Titans here, I think. Uh, are definitely one of their tougher games on their schedule. Um, but then, yeah, I think after this week, they potentially do win out because then they play the Ravens, both New York teams, and then the Steelers to end the season. Let's play. Let's pray Kareem Hunt get some points. <laughs> yeah. Over-under is 54. I wouldn't mind seeing rushing from both teams because I got Nick Chubb in one league and Derrick Henry in the other. So let's go. Over-under is 54. I am feeling like it's going to be an over game. I, I don't know see, why. I, I could see both teams scoring over 30 points here. Uh, all right. Let's go to another AFC North team. Bengals heading to Miami, getting away from the cold. Um... Dolphins eleven and a half points. I'm not sure if they cover uh, because they were six and a half point underdogs to the Giants last week, and they covered that. So um, I'm leaning towards Bengals plus eleven and a half, though. I don't know though. I mean, the Giants are a completely different team than the Bengals. I mean, than the than the Dolphins. Um, plus, the Giants did lose Daniel Jones during the game. Not saying that Colt McCoy didn't do a decent job, but um, I think that the Dolphins' defense will definitely be able to hold back the Bengals' offense. Um, no matter who's starting at quarterback, and uh, is uh, Joe Mixon playing this week? Have not heard anything. So if he, especially he's if he's out too, I don't think that they score a lot of points at all. I believe he's still on IR, as far as I know. Yeah, that's what I thought. I just I wasn't sure when he was supposed to come off, if he's coming off at all this year. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, I don't believe in this Bengals team at all without Joe Burrow. I agree. Um, I need Devontae Parker. Please get, some, get another 100-yard game. Score a touchdown this time, though. Uh, over-under is 42-and-a-half. 
I'm gonna go under. <laughs> All right, let's go to another pretty bad team. The Jags heading to Minnesota to play the Vikings. Vikes by ten. Um, I like the I I don't like ten actually. I think the Jags are gonna cover. They've covered in a lot of games this year. Yeah, uh, yeah. They've they've definitely played hard in most of their games, which is annoying because they couldn't win at least one of those games. They're probably the the <clears throat> the best worst team in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I just wish that they would actually win one of these games so that I don't have to stress out as a Jets fan. Because if the Jets win a game, they lose Adam Trevor Lawrence. Because there's, I mean, the Jaguars have the tiebreaker, and I don't think they will win another game this season, as much as I want them to. Um, but I mean, like you said, they've been very competitive in most of their games, and they're, I mean, <laughs> it's it's tough for me, but I think that the Vikings. Especially since, like we were talking about before, the Vikings are um, fighting for that playoff spot. And, I, again, I don't know who has the tiebreaker between them and the Cardinals, but I believe after this week that they will be tied with the Cardinals. The Jags still play the Bears, so there's, there's an opportunity for a win there. <laughs> their other... Uh, their second easiest game is the Ravens. So, yeah. Anyways. Uh, like I said, I, I do like Jags plus 10. Put it in your parlays. Do it. You will not be disappointed. Over under 51. Oh, that one's tough. Just under. Uh-huh. 48 points. 28-20. Bikes win. And Jags cover. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, here we go, Chris. New York Jets. Hosting mm-hmm. the Las Vegas Raiders. Jets 0-11. Um, Raiders are an 8.5 point favorite. No Josh Jacobs, though. It's going to be mm-hmm. the Devontae Booker show in the backfield. I mean, as good as Josh Jacobs is, I don't know if he was, or like, losing him is that big of a factor. Because... That is the one thing that the Jets do well is stop the run. Well, Booker's um, looked pretty good, too. No, but that's what I'm saying. Losing Josh Jacobs isn't that big of a deal for the Raiders because, yeah, they have a good backup, and the Jets are good at the run anyway. So, um, I mean, but that that's the only good thing I could say about the Jets. Should I, should I start Nelson Aguilar this week? That's the question. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it matters who they're playing. He's a wild card every week anyway. Um, I did start him, though, in his best game of the season, and then I dropped him after that. <laughs> um, but, <clears throat> I mean, hey, you, you've taken a chance on a couple other receivers this year when they played the Jets. It worked out for you, like with Devontae Parker and yeah. Mike Williams. So, <laughs> I mean, I think that Aguilar is going to get – targets i just i don't know if he'll actually be able to catch the ball i don't know if he'll get a touchdown those are the only question marks let's let's keep riding the jets receiver uh, jets opponent receiver train this week mm-hmm. play rugs play renfro play aguilar mm-hmm. 
right. Over under is 47. Can the Jets score enough, Chris? I mean, 27-20 would push it, but I don't think they score 20 points. They'll be lucky if they score 10. So that would mean the Raiders have to score 38 to make it over. <laughs> yeah, no. It's an, it's an under. <laughs> under and the Raiders cover. Uh, okay. AFC South matchup. Colts coming off the loss to the Titans. Going to be motivated heading to Houston to play the Romeo, the fighting Romeo Cornells. Um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no. Philip um, Rivers uh, off the injury report, so he's good to go. I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything if they're getting Jonathan Taylor back this week or not. I hope not. Let's go, Naheem Hines. But yeah, I mean, Philip Rivers. I've been surprised lately. Uh, his connection with Ty Hilton has really um, gained speed, uh, and you know, mm-hmm. I've never been a big Ty believer. I don't really think he's that great but um no um they those two have been connecting pretty often need to throw the dang ball to michael pittman though that's, that's uh-huh. what we need. <laughs> yeah. yeah he was my first round draft pick in our dynasty league so i need him to uh or no he was my first round pick he was my first pick because i didn't have a first rounder um i got him in the second round but yeah this uh this game is going to be interesting because it is a division game and the texans have been probably one of the better teams in the last couple weeks. Um, and the Colts, not so much. Uh, they did lose to the Titans this past week, and then they lost to the Ravens a couple weeks ago, too. So they've kind of been up and down these past couple weeks. But ever since the Texans got rid of Bill O'Brien and Romeo Cornell took over, they've actually looked really good. Um, not that they've really played anybody good, I don't think. But um, they have a winning record with Romeo Cornell. And uh, I just think that the other story that we haven't really talked about, we touched on it, but we haven't really talked about, is the two suspensions for the Texans, mm-hmm. especially the Will Fuller one. I think that's going to be the bigger impact because they didn't have any receivers to begin with. Now they only have – I mean, Randall Cobb's their best receiver now. So I, I don't know. It'll be tough for the Texans to win this one, even though it is in Houston. But I think the Colts – can win this one even if it is on a last second field goal to to uh it wouldn't even cover the spread but <laughs> yeah I, I got the cult on this one all the way yeah um i forgot to say uh the clinching scenarios for um mm-hmm. this week because there are two three Oh, the Saints? Is that one? Yeah, yeah, the Saints, if they win and the Bears lose, they clinch a playoff spot. Yeah, so uh, let's see. The Chiefs, they can win the AFC West if they win and the Raiders lose. Um, They can clinch a playoff berth with a win. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or a bunch of ties that I hate seeing because it's stupid even though we have had a tie in, what, the last three seasons? Something like that. At least the last two, I know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, and then the Steelers, they can win the AFC North uh, with a win and the Browns loss, and then the Steelers clinching uh, the strength of victory tiebreaker 
over the Browns, uh, which there's like five teams that need to lose in order for the Steelers to do that. Um, they clinch a playoff spot with a win, however. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like you said, Saints win, Bears loss. That gets the Saints into the playoffs. And I, I think all three will clinch this week. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, the Saints being the least likely, obviously, but I think that the Bears lose and the Saints win. So Trying to see what um, that strength of schedule thing is for the Steelers. Uh, I cannot think about it. I cannot find it right now. But anyways, yeah, those are the clinching scenarios for this week, week 13. Uh, Over-under for the Colts was 51. I like the under for some reason. Just a gut feeling. Yeah. All right. NFC West, Rams heading to Glendale to play the cards. I was almost with Alex. This was another one I was close. I was close to picking Kyler Murray in the cards. I like the cards. But they're not playing that well. Barely beating the Patriots last... Or barely losing to the Patriots last week. They should have beat them. Or mm-hmm. at least tied. If they can actually have a kicker that'll make make a kick when it matters. Um, Zing Gonzalez. Two very bad games against the Patriots and Seahawks. Anyways. The Rams aren't playing that much better either losing to the Niners uh so I don't know yeah I mean <clears throat> the Cardinals realistically could be five and six if they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins catching that amazing game-winning catch a couple weeks ago um but they I mean the Rams have actually looked really good and they've surprised a lot of us all I know they surprised you and me both mm-hmm. um this year so far um, and I think if this was in L.A., it would be a different story, but uh, I think the Rams would have a much bigger um, spread there. But, yeah, like like you said, with the way the Cardinals have been playing, I, could, I, I expect the Rams to win this one. Um, and I think it'll be bigger than three, but not by much. I think it'll be like a touchdown, maybe 10 points, but not just a field goal. Yeah, I need a. Let's see, what do I need him? I need Robert Woods. You know, that's. I need I Jared need. Goff to not turn the ball over. <laughs> All right, here is the strength of victory tiebreaker that the Steelers would win, um, if these five teams all win. They need the Ravens, Broncos, Texans, Raiders and Dolphins all to win in order to win the strength of victory tiebreaker over the Browns. Very possible. Oh, well, was Houston one of them? Did I just say that? <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Rams are going to get the win here. Uh, I think they push that uh, three there. Uh, Over-under is 48 and a half. It's a tough one. Uh, But I like under, I think. 23 to 20. 
Yeah, Denver, Denver, and uh, Houston going to be tough for the Steelers to get wins out of. <laughs> yeah. All right, Giants uh, at the Seahawks. Seahawks getting eleven right now. There's, yeah, no way. Colt McCoy for the Giants. Um, having to travel across country. Seahawks win easily. I mean, <clears throat> the only thing I can think of um, is that with Colt McCoy, I don't think they get as many turnovers because mm-hmm. they're not gonna. They don't have Daniel Jones there to fumble the ball. Um, but I mean, the Seahawks defense isn't that great to begin with. But yeah, I think that the Seahawks offense—we've seen it all year. DK Metcalf is the leading receiver in the league. Russell Wilson has kind of—he fell off from his hot start, but he's starting to get back there a little bit. Um, and I mean, that defense has played a little bit better, but there's really nothing to to do in this game for the defense. They don't really have to do much. Yeah, I like Seattle's defense. Been playing a lot better. Uh, Carlos Dunlap, Jamal Adams, the likes. Um, they still overpaid for him, which I'm fine with. But yeah. Uh, okay, over under is 47. Let's go <clears throat> under. Colt McCoy cannot score more than 10 points. <laughs> All right, here we go. Eagles at the Packers in Lambeau. Packers getting eight and a half right now. I, this is another one I was close uh, because the Eagles beat the Packers last year in Lambeau, uh, but they're not even close to the team that they were last year. So, um, if the rumors about you know Doug Peterson giving some play calling stuff up, if that makes a difference then the Eagles might, you know, have a chance. I mean, I don't know. The, I mean, the Packers have almost secured the playoff spot, pretty much. But with the way the Vikings have been playing as of late, I think that they still need to try pretty hard and win these games. Um, and, I mean, they are still playing for that number one seed, too. Because if the Seahawks mm-hmm. and the Saints both lose, then they get the, they get the spot. Um, not saying that either one of those other two teams are going to lose this week, but if they do and the Packers win, then they would get the spot. Um, and, uh, I mean, yeah, the Eagles are technically still in it. But let's be real. The Eagles aren't really – like, it would be in the Eagles' best interest probably to just lose these games now. Because even if they make the playoffs, I don't see them making it past that first game, no matter who they play. Unless they play Seattle, <laughs> that is that is the one team. But the Seahawks are going to win the division, so it wouldn't be Seattle anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think they would have a shot if they played the Rams though. In Philly, anyways. Uh, over yeah. under now is... they got to dig themselves out of a hole though because now they're a game behind Washington and New York, so half game. A half a game back. They just need those two to lose this week, and they win, and then they're a half game up. So, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Over under is forty seven and a half. I my head is telling me over. Well, I was gonna say I could see uh, Green Bay scoring north of thirty. 
but can the Eagles score like what seventeen or whatever? They did last week. <laughs> they scored seventeen last week. So uh, that was against Seattle, though. Green Bay's defense is a little better. Uh, they did just let a hundred yard rusher against David Montgomery. So let's pray that Miles Sanders has a hundred yards this week. Two touchdowns for him. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's go to a pick'em game. Patriots heading to LA to play the Chargers, and we got three lightning bolts up there. Alex's lone wolf and the Pats for some odd reason. I'm actually kind of surprised about this one. I thought that I was going to be lone wolf in the Chargers, to be honest. Um, you know I'm on because, the Herbert train. Well, yeah, I love Herbert too, and I've been on Herbert all year too, since even before the draft. Um, but the Patriots are technically still in the playoffs or in the playoff hunt, I believe. Um, and the Chargers are, I mean, they're not technically eliminated yet, but they are because even if they win out eight and eight's not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I think the Chargers are the better team. Um, even though they're three and eight, they've probably I'd say performed better than the Patriots have. Um, the Patriots have just gotten kind of lucky in their games. Um, but yeah, the Chargers, I think, will win this one. It's out in LA. I mean, it's an even spread, but yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, like you said, I, I'm a big believer in Justin Herbert. So yeah, they have Eckler back. Uh, Joey Bosa had a monster game last week. He'll have a monster game this week as well. Um, and he's going to frustrate Cam all day. Over under 47.5 as well. It's tough. I, I'm not sure how much the Patriots can score. So I'll go just a shade under. Mm-hmm. Sunday night football. Broncos at the Chiefs. <laughs> Kansas City's getting 14. I like it. Cover the spread. They should have flexed the other game to Monday or to Sunday night. Uh, they the, they the destroyed Titan, the, the Titans and Browns game. They destroyed the Broncos the first time they played them. That was a snowy game in Denver, uh, with a lot of extra touchdowns. One on defense, one on special teams. The Broncos so, are just lucky that this game wasn't the game that. Um, that they had all their quarterbacks out because that might have been record-breaking for the Chiefs had they played <laughs> against them without the quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyways, <laughs> like Patrick Mahomes, uh, please throw 500 yards and five touchdowns. Over-under, it's 51, though. It's, uh, they can get there by themselves, but it, not going to, but they could. It's tied for the second highest over under this week. What's the other one? Well, the the highest is uh, fifty four in the Browns Titans, and then fifty one is also the Jags Vikings and Colts Texans games. That's, I don't see the Jags Vikings getting there, but yeah. Um, no, this one will definitely hit fifty one. I think. Um, Actually, I don't know, because the Chiefs can obviously score a lot, but I don't know if the Broncos can score. I mean, Drew Locke's back, so um, they should be able to score it. But 
least, you know, 10 or 14 points. Yeah. I mean, 51 is, like, well, Steady's- seven touchdowns would be 49. So, I don't know. They they beat them thirty eight to fourteen, it which was over. would be what fifty two. Yeah, it goes over. Yeah, I mean that could happen. They but beat them we'll the first time. They beat them. It was um, the Chiefs won. What was it? The forty three to sixteen. So, yeah, definitely possible to go over, which I think it will. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Alex's best sets, 0-2-1 last week, uh, pushed with the Steelers. Uh, I believe he lost. He did not cover with the Giants against the Bengals. And he did also not cover uh, who else didn't he cover there? I think he had oh yeah, he had the Browns as well, which did not cover their spread either. So yeah. Ten I mean, games, ten games out of five hundred right now for Alex. <clears throat> Got five weeks to go. Uh, <laughs> I feel bad if anybody actually like listened to him this year. How close uh, is he going to get to five hundred? That's what we need to bet. <laughs> I mean, he's got what? This is week thirteen, right? He has uh, 15, got 15, 15 more games shots. to pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he'd have to basically win them all. <laughs> no, he only has to win two thirds of them. Oh well, oh, but, yeah, the five yeah. losses would, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so he has to basically win them all to get back up to five hundred. Um, but I mean, I I honestly think that these are probably three of the best ones. Although I would have probably instead of the Green Bay game, I might have picked the the Raiders over the Jets. Because they're the same spread, I think eight and a half, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like the eight and a half for the Packers, considering what the Eagles did to the Seahawks last week too. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, I expect Denver to cover that one, and if Houston beat, I mean, if if uh, Indy beats Houston, which they should, I think it'll be by more than a field goal. So, mm-hmm. I like those two, but the Green Bay one, I don't know. Lock standings. Alex and I went. 1-0 last week. Dropped Mark to third with an 0-1 record. Chris, you're falling behind, man. You're two back now. I don't know. I've been really bad with the lock standings, but kind of like what Mark always says, he's really good in these standings, but he's <laughs> terrible in the regular standings. I'm the other way around. I'm bad in the lock standings, but I'm in first place in the regular standings, so I don't really care. The regular ones are the only ones that matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're split this week. Mark and I are on the Chiefs. Like I said, Mark was rolling with me on all my picks this week. So uh, we are on the Chiefs. You and Alex are on the Packers against the Eagles. Uh, I I mean, I do expect to at least get one point here. 
Or no, the lock of the week, we don't care about the yeah. spread, so never mind. Yep. So I do expect to get the win here. Um, however, they were not my first choice. I thought about the Chiefs, but I figured that somebody else was going to pick the Chiefs, so I didn't want to go with them. <laughs> um, and But, I mean, Alex is also with me with the Packers here, but um, at least it's not three arrowheads there. Yeah. All right, dog standings. Here we go. Chris, the only 2-0 mark last week. Chris, who did you have last week? Falcons. Um, I was the only believer in the Falcons, and they pulled through for me. I I was 0-2. I believe I had um, the Cardinals. I think. Do not remember. Uh, and then Mark and Alex, uh, I believe they were on the Panthers, which got the cover, not the win. As far as I am remembering. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I think oh, I was on the Chargers, actually. I think I was on the Chargers. Uh, I just want to point out, if Mark hears this, or whatever, if he's watching now. I love you, Mark, but you may be in first place here, but your record's not that great. It's only 12 and 10. So. Yeah. Yeah, you and I are two games back now. Uh, and even Alex, his best bets <laughs> might not be doing okay, but he's only three and a half games back for the dog standings. There is three people picking the same one here, though, in the dog standings this week. You, me, and Mark, all on the Lions. Uh, <laughs> plus three at Chicago. Let's pray Biscuit does not have the game of his season um, this week. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, that's not... They're, uh, I don't think that the, the Bears are going to win this one at all. Uh, again, they've just looked terrible since week five or whatever it was, week six. So, yeah, I don't care who their quarterback is; they're they're not going to win this one. Alex is lone wolfing um, the cards in the picks, regular picks. So he decided to go with them right. as his dog as well. Um, I'm just looking here at the on ESPN right now. And ESPN has the Chargers-Patriots game right now as Chargers minus one. Okay, then it just switched. Yep, so it's not, no longer even. So now the Chargers are favorited. So. Um, it means you're picking the Patriots as your dog? No, no, no. I, I, just, <laughs> I, was, I was just looking to see if there was any other teams that I could maybe <laughs> consider. But, no, I think that the Lions were the only underdog that I picked in the regular standings. Um I actually don't know why I did this because I told myself I'd never bet on the Lions again after they screwed me last year. So, But it's fine. It's fine. We're going to do it. We're going with it. We've been all three on the Bengals one week, and they didn't do it for us. So why not go on the Lions now? Wow. The Bills and 49ers right now are even for Monday night. Probably the the Lions, probably the second. Uh, no. Probably, probably the third worst team over the last five years, right? Browns and Bengals, top two. Jets. <laughs> yeah, but the Jets had some decent years. 
They've had one winning season since 2010, and they didn't even make the playoffs <laughs> that year. But they haven't been as bad as the Browns and Lions and Bengals. They're only they're going to be the third team in history with an 0 16 season. That's this year. The... <laughs> All right, whatever. Next week, dude, we have four games to pick on Monday's show. Once again, I feel like it's Thanksgiving all over again. So yeah, we will have the recaps next Friday of the Monday night doubleheader <gasps> between the Washington Football Team and the Steelers, and the Bills and Niners, and then we will also be recapping the Tuesday nighter, the Cowboys at Baltimore, and then we also have a Thursday night game next week, uh, which we did not this week. Pats at Rams to kick off week 14. Yeah, that Cowboys-Ravens game was the one that was supposed to be on Thursday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, prior to the season, I would have circled that one on my calendar as probably the best one of the week here, but that might be the worst one of the week. Yeah, Bills Niners is going to be interesting. We will talk about that on the Monday show. Um, Chris, as always, it's been a mm-hmm. pleasure. Uh, it's been fun. We, I know you uh, liked my Facebook post. We hit 150 downloads mm-hmm. this week um so yep. thank so you thank all. you to everybody who's been listening and downloading and stuff and keep it up yeah. i know i've missed a lot of weeks of recordings i apologize we did record this one trust me <laughs> i made sure the sound was clicked this time uh i need to get a new mic my mic broke my dad tried to fix it, it did not work today so <laughs> new mic coming hopefully um but yeah, as always, don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms at FA Podcast, as well as our website, FAPodcast.com, where you can see all of our shows, past and present. Thank you, Chris, and we will see you on Monday. All right. See you later.